This is the Fleet Street Fox column for Monday, September the 12th, 2022. King Charles III's whistle-stop tour is a 21st century effort to preserve a divided kingdom. For a thousand years, the succession of a new monarch has depended more on speed than heredity. In the 12th century, the Empress Matilda was cheated of her rightful throne by her cousin Stephen when he got to London before she did. When Mary marched against the usurper Jane Grey 400 years later, she needed the support of the city, the mint, the guilds and the army before she was declared the winner. A new monarch rapidly getting their paws on the levers of power still matters today, which is why King Charles III is undertaking Operation Spring Tide, as he pinballs around Britain and Northern Ireland accepting oaths, signing declarations and affirming the union of home nations where a sizeable chunk of people have wanted rid of his family for centuries. In years gone by, the consolidation of that power came at the point of a sword. A new monarch often needed a quick and convincing war to ensure he had a good grip on the throne, and that meant picking a fight with the Picts, waging war on the Welsh, and decorating London Bridge with a few fresh heads and a warning to any rebels. Today is being undertaken by a jet of the royal flight, and modern manners means that representatives of Sinn Féin, Plaid Camus and the Scottish National Party are lining up to kowtow to the scion of a system their supporters want shot of, in places where Robert the Bruce, Owen Glendora and Rodri King of Connacht are still considered to have better claims. The man has lost his mother and the nation its grandmother. They have, quite rightly, decided there's a time and a place for republicanism, and it's not before a royal funeral. But these niceties mean the new king has a fortnight to get his feet under the table in Holyrood, Hillsborough and Cardiff. And if he has any sense, he'll follow it up with a lightning quick tour of the Commonwealth when it still won't be the right time for presidents and prime ministers to tell him they want no part of it. But there's a big headache coming with all of this from dozens of nations whose leaders have made it clear they'll make no move for freedom during the Queen's life, but see little point in hanging around for her son. A tour from a highly visible little old lady would have been a winner. One with a beautiful princess is also always popular. But those starring gloomy Grandad Charles have always been less of a draw, at home and abroad. He doesn't get the crowds or the headlines, and his state visits have always been diplomatically slotted in between those of more popular royals. In recent years, his more handsome sons and their wives have been sent out to shore up support in their dominions. But now half the Fab Four have decamped to California in a huff, and the remainder made an absolute hash of their last trip. Some may think that reminding Republican elements worldwide that Wills and Kate are coming up the track is the best thing he can do to preserve the future of the monarchy. But few kings win a nation's support by pointing out there'll be another one along soon. Times have changed, of course. He's not winning loyalty with violence, and whatever happens, there's no danger of losing the kingship of Scotland or Wales, even if they diverge politically. Nor is he, for any of his much-catalogued failings, unpopular on the scale of murderous King John, massacre-friendly Edward Longshanks, or peasant-hater Richard II. He's a philanthropist who turned the Duchy of Cornwall into a billion-pound industry, a thinker and doer, and his kingship could be a much-needed period of increased royal activism. But he's disabled by one simple thing which is that he is not his mother. A queen can put on a bright hat, wear different colours, be draped in jewels. A king once used to do the same, but these days he's just a bloke in a suit. He seems more boring in an age that seeks constant stimulation, and this one won't be able to gain favour by winning the Hundred Years' War. A constitutional crown is protected from public hate by not being responsible for policy, but the last monarch won love with her long service, and Charles won't be able to claim that either. 
He and we know that we'll be doing this all over again in another 10 years or so. What we do not know is whether he can convince his people to stick with him in an age where everyone's a consumer and content creator and thinks public life can be curated like an Instagram feed so the prettiest people are at the top. I suspect he knows that and is prepared to try, whether it's in TikToks or time-honoured tradition. The only question is whether we'll ever realise how lucky we are to have someone prepared to do all this at the age of 73 instead of retiring to a farm. He's trying to preserve a kingdom at home and abroad in order that he can hand it on. But what he's consolidating is not ownership these days. It's a way of life that protects us from dictators, gives us certainty that those nations which dunked their royals now lack, and an absolute guarantee that whoever wins an election by however much, there is always someone to whom the holders of our highest elected office must still bend the knee. Enforcing humility on the egos in Downing Street is a priceless public service that other nations envy, our crowning constitutional glory. That's what he's shoring up. And I hope he knows what he's doing, because it seems that most of his people don't. This is a Fleet Street Fox column for Friday, September the 16th, 2022. Here are 11 things Liz Truss did while you were weeping. It is just as well that hundreds of thousands of people are standing in a five-mile queue for 14 hours to look at shiny things they can't afford, while the Salvation Army stands ready to inject cheap tea in case of physical or emotional collapse. Because it's excellent training for what's coming next. Parliament was shut for six weeks in a leadership contest, came back for four days, spent one day telling itself stories about cheese and corgis, and then closed for another week and a half. Next week it will sit for three days before MPs up sticks and depart for party conferences, returning in mid-October. Put aside the usual grumpiness about MPs, or tearful genuflections about how the nation stops when a monarch dies. Charles hasn't stopped for a second to consolidate his power, but we can at least see what he's up to, and even which pens he dislikes. Liz Truss hasn't paused for breath either, and what she does is happening away from any scrutiny whatsoever. While much of the media has been looking at Balmoral, Flowers and Cues, the new government created at the behest of 0.1% of the population has been looking at the books. There they have seen a nation crippled by incompetence, greed and the elite, a public school system which is fundamentally a fraud because it churns out the stupidest people you've ever seen, and a system of government in dire need of reform. And then they've decided to make it worse. Here is a short, and by no means exhaustive, list of the barely reported, little noticed, devastatingly damaging things she's done while you were weeping. 1 spent a minimum of £150 billion on the biggest fiscal intervention in history without any debate or end point. It could as easily be a billion billion. She has no idea. It's being paid for by the taxpayer over decades on the instructions of a woman who said she'd cut taxes. And no, you can't check her sums. Number two not brought forward the legislation needed to protect Northern Irish households and small businesses nationwide from energy bills. But she has announced the support, when it comes, 
at some point, maybe before Christmas, will be backdated, which will be dead handy for all those people and businesses that went bankrupt two months earlier. Number three, allowed Parliament to debate it in a very specific and limited way on Friday next week while the MPs all have one foot out the door ahead of recess. Not debating legislation gives you bad legislation. It's like not checking your knitting. You end up with something full of holes. In this instance, holes big enough for households and maybe half a million jobs to fall through. Number four, looked at a nation facing incredible hardship and decided the best solution was to let bankers have bigger bonuses. Truss is a theorist. She believes in the theory of trickle-down economics, even though no one has ever seen it, and the thing which usually trickles down is car car. Bankers are already allowed up to twice their salary and bonuses, but Truss and her Chancellor Kwasi Kwarteng say this means all the best bankers go somewhere else. Maybe. But if they were here, all that lovely money doesn't end up in the bus driver's pocket. It goes offshore. It inflates house prices. It blocks off second homes so locals are forced out. Much of it, too, goes on accountants to avoid as much tax as possible. The one upside is such bonuses are taxed at 50%. For now. Number five, started planning for a billion pound coronation of a billionaire king in a capital city which couldn't cater for enough tourists to actually make the money back. There wasn't any money left in 2010. It's been spend, spend, spend ever since. Number six, ordered multiple bank holidays which are vital to our unity as a nation. In other news, every strike day in just a single industry is economically crippling and must be stopped. Number seven, started the important work of repairing the underfunded and overworked NHS by banning the Oxford comma. An Oxford comma limps into A&E, where it's told to wait for 10 hours, prove its usefulness and die. Number eight, sacked the Environment Minister overseeing animal welfare issues and plans to scrap legislation which would stop puppy smuggling, live exports and trophy hunting. It's puppy hunting all the way from now on. Number nine, She's demoted everyone who ever served in the armed forces. She sacked Johnny Mercer as Minister for Veterans Affairs, broke a promise to keep a veterans minister in cabinet and gave the job to someone who already had another job and now can't do either properly. Her chancellor then sacked top treasury civil servant Tom Scholar, who as chairman of the Honours and Decorations Committee also had the job of deciding whether Britain's most mistreated heroes, the nuclear test veterans, would get a medal as the last prime minister requested. As yet, there is no replacement chairman, no nuclear medal, and every other honour and decoration the committee might decide to bestow on anyone is in abeyance. Number 10. Invited actual maniacs to the Queen's funeral. China is conducting a genocide. The Turkish president abolished his own prime minister, ended the free press and locks people up for insulting him. The Spanish ex-king has been investigated for fraud and corruption. Never mind the Queen, who had quite enough wrong-uns foisted on her by Prime Ministers over the years. Do NHS staff, key workers, Covid heroes and servicemen invited to her funeral deserve to endure the company of these rotters too? And number 11. She distracted you. A period of mourning and acknowledgement is perfectly reasonable, but the Queen would probably expect her government to pull its bloody finger out if laws needed passing to stop people being ruined in a fortnight's time. The whole reason we're governed by parliaments, and only decorated by monarchs, is that's how we keep an eye on what's done in our name and with our money. 
Yet we seem to have suspended parliamentary scrutiny in memory of King Charles I, for whom that all ended rather badly. It's not a conspiracy that this constitutional hoo-ha is going on at the same time as Liz Truss is making her mark, even though, as Columbo might note, she was one of the last people to see the Queen alive. But it is very convenient, as is the five-mile queue, which you must queue to join with sub-queues for teas and toilets, in a sign of national devotion to the system which no one feels, and would be much better served with online booking of time slots that would push all those people into shops and restaurants for a few hours, where they could sit down without intervention from a medic. But we wouldn't be able to watch that, would we? <laughs>